1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
2: Love this day every year, the first day of February. And I go back to my little calendar for the saying, as I do at the start of every month. And it says, bring this with you for the month ahead, will you? Real generosity is doing something nice for someone who will never find out. I think that's just gorgeous. It really is. To do a turn... And never reveal that you've done the turn, or nobody knows. It's just a supreme. It really is. That's a little saying for the month of February. Welcome to the show on Saint Bridget's Day, Bridget's, 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 Louise. Saint Bridget's Day, isn't it?
1: Uh, it's meant to be Saint Bridget, but I think everybody in Ireland just say Bridget, don't they?
2: I think so. I don't think I, I've
1: ever heard anybody saying Bridget. As opposed to Bridget.
2: Let me start the show again. Welcome to the show on St. Bridget's Day.
1: <laughs> is that
2: OK? Is that the correct pronunciation? I, don't know, I wonder if school. there's anybody
1: that is called Bridget G-I-D as opposed to, you know, the T in in it. Ha- that You know, they say my name is Bridget as opposed to Bridget.
2: When children, girls were christened Bridget, were they christened B-R-I-G-I-D?
1: Isn't it? B-R-I-D-G-E-T <laughs> is one word, isn't it? Or B-R-I-G-I-D.
2: Yeah, I'm writing it down. the 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 the, the, the saint is B R I G I D. Bridget.
1: Yeah. yeah. Bridget. But I think most people, people just say Bridget.
2: Bridget, yes, yeah. we do say Bridget. And would you say on the birth cert, it's B R I G I D mm. or B R I D G E T? Bridget. Bridget.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Bridget. I know if I'm if I'm ever coming across a Bridget, which isn't is seldom these days. Um, I always say, is it G I D or D G E T? But it's It seems to be pronounced. You know, nobody ever says no. It's Bridget, not Bridget. Yeah.
2: And, and of course there's de Bardot, probably the most famous Brigitte in the world.
1: Yeah, that's French.
2: It is the French twist on it. Is right. Are there any famous? Uh, I couldn't find. Are them. there any famous famous Bridgets?
1: I I tried. I fi- I tried. I could find um, apart from Brid- bardo Bardot. Um, I found Bridget Fonda, spelled B-R-I-D-G-E-T, an actress. Fonda. Yeah, her father was Peter Fonda.
2: I think I remember him Henry was the most Mm -hmm. famous Fonda Um,
1: Bridget Moynihan
2: how did they spell Bridget Jones Diary
1: ooh I gotta okay you
3: You gotta check that that
2: one out for me isn't that a that's a movie isn't it Bridget Jones Diary I'd say it's Bridget would you say B-R-I-D-G-E-T what about the name in general I wonder it's
1: B-R-I-D-G-E-T okay so
2: Bridget there's a bit of a fame there for it. but look um, there's no doubt about it that the name Bridget, whatever way you say it or spell it, as uh, the Christian name of a girl has really declined. Mm-hmm. And you came across this from the CSO recently. And when you look at the stats, um, the number of girls called Bridget reached a peak in 1965. There was 293 that year. Um,
1: and probably, you know, there was a low birth rate of that year compared to now as well
2: probably probably uh would there been more children born back in the 60s than there are today I
1: don't know. i would have thought families were bigger less yeah that's true
2: you know families were bigger but less population yes yeah, smaller population but perhaps more births anyway a uh, hundred was the average of bridget's uh up until 1972 uh, and actually in 72 itself it was 126 uh baby girls christened Bridget called Bridget uh, and it remained in the top 100 most popular girls names until 1975 but in recent years 1995 62 girls were called Bridget and 96 it dropped to 28 and after that from 1999 on fewer than eight babies were given the name Bridget in any year except 2006 when 10 were registered. ah, mm-hmm. oh, went from 9 to 10. And in very recent times, in the teens 14, 15, 16 and 17, those years, that's 2014 onwards, uh, fewer than three babies were christened Bridget in Ireland. And it didn't even register because there has to be more than four or something for it to register. So there you are. And um, up to the current year, uh, 11 girls, were called Bridget between 2018 and 2020, but fewer than three in 2021. So it's a name that certainly declined enormously yeah. uh, in Ireland. But I'm just wondering: is and there derivatives?
1: Any, yeah, but what, like what, like breed or biddy or Bridgie.
2: Are derivatives? Of I would say, or Bridget as well. Mm. Yeah, breed um, or breed. Possibly, yeah, yeah. I would say so. They they sound to be a, an offshoot of of the name itself. Uh, Listening to us today, H- anyone out there has christened their child Bridget in recent times? I'd say this is a needle in a haystack, you know, considering there's so few in Ireland.
1: Maybe a se- you know second name, maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe a, a middle name, name. After, after a moment or, yes, or. That's a good point. It, it, has it been used as a middle name? Are oh, you Bridget? Hello, Bridget. Hello, Bridget. <laughs> Happy Bridget's. day, <laughs> happy day to you all, Bridget's out there today. Send us an old text or a WhatsApp of your call, Bridget. And uh, anything else to go along with, we'd love to hear from you on this day, the 1st of February, 86 by WhatsApp or text. Do you know of a famous, Bridget, that perhaps we're missing? We're missing something. There aren't many songs either. Are there? About, you mm. know...
1: It's not as if it's Come On Eileen, like it's not Come On Bridget. <laughs> Come On Bridget.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, it, it's not a name that features in, in, in popular uh, culture, for sure. That That is a fact, but... Uh, Yeah we'd love to hear from you today Brigitte Nelson you remember her yes there's somebody uh, letting us know a famous Brigitte again it's uh, a Brigitte
1: Nielsen was she married to Sylvester Stallone no?
2: I think so that's it rings a bell anyway with me, uh, Bridget McLaughlin, fab journalist for the Sunday Independent, and she is great. Thank you so much for reminding me of that. She don't have blimpkin will read her uh, most weekends. Thank you for mo- reminding me, Bridget McLaughlin. Well done, indeed. A fantastic journalist, indeed, with the Independent. And on the subject of fabulous journalists with the Irish Independent. Let me tell you that just before coming on air, I had a chat with one of our own and she's a wonderful columnist and she's a good friend of ours on Late Lunch, Sarah Carey. Yes, you do know her well from the County of Mead. And you see, I got in touch with Sarah because today is St. Bridget's Day. But holy moly, have a listen to what Sarah has to say. St. Bridget, she's going to rain on our parade. Let's hear what Sarah had to say to me just a few moments ago.
4: St. Bridget is not a saint. You heard it here, and it's all true, and it's all official. St. Bridget was cancelled by the Vatican in 1969, and her feast day of the 1st of February was also cancelled. The whole thing is fake news, Jerry. all of it.
2: We've been gone and the state has granted a new holiday. The crosses have been made everywhere. There's pilgrimages happening. Oh, Sarah, my, what are we going to do?
4: Well, you know, once you know the facts, then you can decide how to move forward. So I'll just go back on the facts. And I have to credit Miles Duncan, who presents the history show on RT Radio 1 with my facts, and my mother for alerting me to the facts because I dropped into her last week. And I was saying, oh, St. Bridget, it's great, and she, shouldn't she be the patron saint of Ireland and not St. Patrick at all? And she was the one who said to me, but St. Bridget is not a saint. And I challenged her on this, a foolish mistake, and uh, we looked it up on the Internet and we found Miles Duncan's website where he explained the whole thing. There were two characters. There was a goddess, Bridget, a pagan goddess whose feast day was the 1st of February, which was Imbolc, which was one of the four great pagan feast days in the Irish pagan calendar. There was Imbolc in February, Bealtaine in May, Lunasa in August, and Samhain in November. And there was a temple for her in Kildare. Now, there may have been, and probably was, a later Christian figure called Bridget who they think was the chief druid at that temple in Kildare. And they think that she may have converted it to a Christian temple and did a lot of Christian conversion in the area. But it looks like the Vatican were deeply suspicious that there was a goddess called Bridget with a feast day of the 1st of February And then a Christian person called Bridget was a feast day on the 1st of February, and they decided there wasn't much evidence she existed at all. So they expunged her, as uh, Miles Duncan says, they expunged people from this in the Vatican. In 1969, along with 92 other saints, including people like St. Christopher, who's supposed to be the patron saint of Travellers, and Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, he was expunged as well. They only wanted... You know, properly verified official saints on their list. So that's what happened. She was officially expunged since then and ever since then we've no business going around calling her St. Bridget or having a St. Bridget's stay or making crosses or any of that. So that's where we are. Okay, so uh, uh, the facts. It's you, amazing, isn't it?
2: It's amazing when you put the facts before us. Now, I have to tell you, I paid a visit last week down to uh, the uh, Shrine in Fogart in County Louth uh, and I'm actually uh, featuring another little piece from it later on the show today and met the the wonderful Dolores Whelan and and several other ladies as well who are big, big followers of St Bridget and I was mightily impressed by the place down there that they say is where she was born before she headed on to Kildare and now... The rug has been pulled from under all of us, has it, Sarah?
4: Well, you know, I I said in my article, you know, I'm all for ignoring the Vatican, you know, like it's not like they really are the arbiters of truth and everything. And apparently there is a situation where you can have a saint by acclaim because as your wonderful producer Louise informed me, it turns out St. Patrick is not a saint either. And we have a lot of these older saints who predated the official Vatican process for making someone a saint, and where there might be a figure that is popularly regarded in a country as being a holy person, you know, and having a certain significance, but they're not on the official list. So we could choose just to say, you know, we don't care what the Vatican thinks. We believe this person existed. There is a certain amount of evidence, and whether the Vatican thinks she's a saint or not, we're keeping her. Um, I think I'd be a little bit more um, rigid about it. If they're saying she's not a saint, fine. We won't call her a saint, but we could still have our Bridget's Day. Or what we couldn't do is embrace what's probably the really true version of events, which is the goddess Bridget and not the saint Bridget. Because Ireland has always had this very strong affinity with those pagan... Um, astronomical uh, feast days. So I often joke about how, you know, especially in Meath and Loud with our heritage of archaeoastronomy, and I don't know about you, Jerry, but certainly in my family we're always very conscious of the solar calendar mm. and say that on the vernal equinoxes the 21st of March and September, we go up to La Crewe where the tomb there has the sun shining into it um, on the vernal equinoxes. Even on the winter solstice, I always go over to Tara. It's not far from me. And I know the summer solstice is a big day at Tara, but I always go over there. We've got our new grange. Like, we've always been very in touch with the changing of the seasons and the changing of the sun and the sky and the moon and the planets. So we could just say, fine, let's go for the goddess, Bridget, and we'll have her bank holiday anyway, and that's grand. <laughs> you know? So we've two options there, maybe, with what to do about Bridget. But she's not a saint. That's the unfortunately the bottom
2: line. Well, with what you've just said, I'm going to go few because at least we are rescuing the situation and not losing it entirely. But you know what you just mentioned there ties in perhaps with the Ireland we live in today, where formal religion has declined so much and so many people declare themselves of no faith.
4: Yes. Yeah. And you see there is a human need for ritual. Um For being in touch with the changing of the seasons, for marking these times in the calendar, um for a sense of belonging um, both to a community and a lineage, a timeline in history, and you know, I think there really is a place um for marking all these important events and um and and I think a lot of us at heart really do have a big pagan streak in us, so maybe it might just be about you know, uh, marking that a little bit more and being more formally in touch with that. You know, so maybe we should have an in-bulk and what we've done as well, there's been a lot of cultural appropriation going on. So, you know, we do have a Bealtaine. We have a May bank holiday that was really brought in. That was kind of a Labour Day, wasn't it? A Workers' Day. And we have an August bank holiday and we have Halloween. So those, you know, ancient uh, feasts are still there. They've just been relabeled in some ways Um, or, you know, fancied up, you know, the Americans kind of got the whole Halloween thing going and trick or treat and all that nonsense. So a lot of it is still in our consciousness. And I think the St. Bridget was a way of moving that inbox feast day and that goddess uh, remembrance into our consciousness.
2: And, you know, on my visit to Fahart, I was very impressed with the shrine there. I really was. And there were so many people. It was a morning time last week. I was there. There were so many people arriving. They have the stations of the cross there. They have the well. They have the cemetery. They have these stones I'll be talking about today. Bridget stones. And, you know, I have to come back to the point, I suppose. And you you understand this, too, that it's whatever, you know, you get from something personally, whatever, you know, helps you in your life day to day. Good luck to you.
4: Yeah. Exactly. You know, psychology is very, very important. And we see it a lot as well with things like cures. Um, You know, the people get a genuine uh, benefit, even if it's a placebo-like one, from cures that are very common. I know loads of people around here that have the cures for things, you know, and they'll go and visit someone who's sick and the person will actually feel better. And that's important. And it is a genuine effect. So I would never want to take away from anybody something that actually makes them feel better. Um, But nevertheless, it is interesting to know um, what the official position is. And everyone can disregard it if they so choose. uh, But it was certainly an eye opener for me.
3: So what
2: we'll have to do now, as is the process, we'll have to begin it all over again for Bridget. So to say, first confirm some miracles or great works that she's actually achieved, it's beatification first and then sainthood. So we have to start all over again with the beatification process for Bridget, Sarah.
4: Or we don't. We we, we actually just embrace the goddess and say, okay, maybe there was this later cultural appropriation where this Christian figure was imposed you know, are robbed or adjusted for Christian times, even though it was all about the goddess. So the goddess Bridget was well known for um, fertility, and uh, which would make sense if she was the spring goddess, because I'm watching everything coming into bud now. So you could just accept, okay, maybe there was some cultural appropriation going on here. Um, or you could say look we don't care what the Vatican thinks and uh, we have our stones here and we have our tradition and we have our crosses and we're keeping it because mm. we like it <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's there long enough now because I don't know how would you go about proving miracles no. that I mean what she was 6th century did she die in 525 or something like that so I don't know how you would even go about proving that oh
2: it'd enough. be wholly difficult I mean tongue in cheek there for sure I like your modus operandi I think your way of proceeding is by far the best way and just going back to our Louise that's true she's been telling me for the last few days you know that there are only actually I think four official saints recognised from Ireland in the Vatican isn't that interesting
4: it's amazing I had no idea I really really didn't so I don't have the list in front of me now there was Lawrence O'Toole Oliver Plunkett um, was Matt Talbot one of them or something there's a list there of four of them but like Saint Colum K listen to Saint. So all our big heroes, not saints. Vatican doesn't recognise them, which just goes to show we shouldn't be paying any attention to the Vatican, Jerry. That's my. <laughs> I've been arguing for some time in my column that really we should just break with Rome. That you know we have an Irish church here that would be getting on fine if we didn't have all this interference and messing from Rome all the time. It's not a popular view, and indeed one person said to me, "But Sarah, there is an Irish Christian church that broke from Rome. It's called the Church of Ireland." So uh why don't you just join that <laughs> instead of asking for the Catholics to break from Rome. So that was a fair point I thought. Fair
2: point is right. I'm just thinking here we could drop the B from Brexit and just call it Rexit to get away from yes. Rome. Yes. We have started. Oh, Terry,
4: you're on to something there. Now that could be my that'll make it into a future column. I might <laughs> steal that from you. You're
2: welcome any stage. And I do have to say before we finished, well done to Mammy Betty because the mothers know. They know, don't they?
4: She has generated so much material for me. There's much history and information that she knows and alerts me to and tells me about and when I used to write for the Sunday Times, the editor there was John Burns and he'd say to me it's your mother should be writing this column not you, so mm. thanks Mammy <laughs> for the <laughs> column, material.
2: Thanks Betty, I echo those words of your daughter. Sarah, happy St Bridget's Day, whatever that means to you and everybody else out there listening today I love your writing, I always say it, you're a great friend to us on late lunch as well and I do encourage everybody to read Sarah in the Irish Independent, in uh, in the paper or online or wherever, she is just brilliant and she's thought provoking and we love her. Thanks for joining me on this first day of spring.
4: Okay, happy in bulk.
2: Very. I love it now we're on the Celtic calendar for sure Sarah until the next time thank you so much you're welcome bye bye isn't she fantastic and we're coming back to the Celtic calendar in late lunch after two incidentally Louise I have it now the island of no saints and feck all scholars <laughs> you want to change that
1: no saints well I just think when she was talking about Bridget that died in what 525? Mm. Oh she have to give her the, the title a saint. Like she lived in a time with no phones no computers no <laughs> tellies no fridges no washing machines and flip all fashion oh here she was a saint. Mind you,
2: mind you, Ireland was like that in, in, in the 20s, 30s and 40s I'd say in this country it wasn't far away from it we were that backward I like that though the island of no saints and fecal scholars yeah, I think that that's more of a fit four saints and you're adamant yeah. on this there yeah. are just four and,
1: and, and Paddy's not Charles a saint Charles of Mount Argos um, Saint Malachy Saint Oliver of course and uh, Lawrence O'Toole
2: there you go, so we have Saint Oliver, thank God, in this hmm. neck of the woods. And Saint Patrick's not a saint.
1: No. What are we gonna do with the shamrock?
2: <laughs> Drown it. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Mm. Nile Horn. And this town on your late lunch, this Wednesday afternoon, the first day of February. And in my book. The first day of spring, and you're going to hear all this nonsense about meteorological springs and things like that. When I was growing up, the seasons were pretty defined, and the 1st of every was the beginning. And you can see it all around you. The snowdrops, the daffodils appearing, the days getting longer, the buds swelling on the trees, the birds are singing in the mornings now. What an uplifting time of the year this is. This is the definitive day when the year moves on for sure. You've got to be full of beans on a day like this. Anyway, I just want to remind you that Drogheda District Chamber are recruiting new members for this year and if you're a business in the Drogheda or its surrounding area, you can join the chamber from as little as €15 Euro a month enabling you to avail of many useful supports and services and become part of a thriving, vibrant and diverse business community. For more information, contact Brenda at DroghedaChamber.ie. That's Brenda at or you can give them a shout at 04198 double three five double four I'm sitting on a chair here you know I like a high chair I like a high chair and when I lift it I feel it sinking under my backside no I'm not putting on the weight no I'm not I must, I must check the scales but there's something wrong with the air in the chair She's gone down a little bit as I sit in it anyway I've just fixed it back up again I like a high chair I like a high chair see I'm still a child at heart <laughs> the high chair from childhood my next guest on the show this afternoon lives in Athboy. Her Alma Mater is Maynooth College. She has a degree in Irish medieval studies and a PhD in anthropology. She's passionate, she says, about all things Irish and will be speaking on St. Bridget in Kells this coming weekend. On Imbolug, welcome to the show, Dr. E. Cravagon.
5: Um, good afternoon. First of all, I'll say Banigtee a Breejot. Of Inbol- or of Galera, so Bridget's and Imbal blessings to everybody there and all the listeners there today. And um, yeah, so um, yeah, hopefully, I, I will be speaking in Calves. I think there's a festival beginning, um on, it's actually it's the first year of this festival beginning on Monday, so hopefully, I will be taking part in that. But um, as you've stated here, yeah, all things Irish, mm. are my passion. Yes, so, um, and
2: and let me let me ask you this because yes. earlier on the show we had uh, Sarah Carey with us, uh, and we had a wonderful conversation about Saint Bridget on this day. And Sarah made the point: well, look at she's not actually a saint in the eyes of of the church, you know. And that she spoke about her, you know, pre Christianity Bridget and the Christian Bridget as well. Where do you stand on her?
5: Well, I suppose um I like to for everybody to recognise both, but I would see um Bridget's origins as a goddess in um, mm. pre Christian uh culture, pagan culture some people call it. Um I think that with I suppose that Christianity kind of incorporated um a lot of the pre Christian beliefs and practices into the system when they did um arrive here in Ireland in the fifth century. So I suppose from As a goddess, um, I would kind of revere her in that way. Um, But having said that, that, um, you know, she is very important as a saint for lots of people. But her attributes and characteristics are very similar. The pre-Christian goddess and the saint hold the same kind of characteristics, if you like. So essentially... (laughs) <laughs> one and the same in some ways if you like just yes. different kind
2: of timelines I yeah. suppose well you could put it that way yeah uh, no no I, I, we understand fully and and, and that's uh, uh, nice to contemplate uh, you know when you, you and part of this course you're involved in I see one aspect yeah. of it is the divine feminine and yeah. of course Bridget is, is that uh, per se because yeah. a lot of uh, this whole area dominated as you know by the masculinity by mm. males as well how important important is that aspect of Bridget?
5: I think that um, even looking to, just to kind of reflect back in that, um, even though there was gods and goddesses here, but Ireland would have been earlier and would have been seen as a goddess culture in some ways. But um, I think that it's very important that um, to embrace that divine feminine or the goddess aside as well. And that for so many times we see with the celebration, obviously, with St. Patrick's Day and so forth, that kind of patriarchal Kind of um, upbringing mm. we all brought in in some yes. way, so I think it's very important, especially nowadays, to em- embrace the feminine and those attributes that f- that came, I suppose, originated from our past in our goddess culture. Yes, and uh, the attributes that uh, Bridget would have, um, the pre-Christian and the Christian Bridget, if we want the same person, uh, are, you know, are very important with regard to, you know, her. Characteristics of healing, the, the poet, the, you know, Smithcraft, all those different things too. But the the importance of the sacredness and the divinity of the feminine in that, I think is, is very important to embrace that aspect.
2: Mm. Um, I, and of, I, I, can I say, I think in the yeah, world today, if uh, it was embraced more and not allowing uh, the masculinity, you know, push forward as it is in this world of ours. It might be a more peaceful world and less at war. I just want to say that as a man. Uh, absolutely. If you, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Today, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. Look, the, the other thing is, you know, you, you're a very interesting lady and you, you uh, greeted us in the native tongue and you mentioned Imbolog as well and of course that is uh, this time when you look at the, the Celtic mm-hmm. tradition. Yeah. I have a Celtic calendar actually sitting yeah. beside yeah, yeah. me here as, as I yeah. speak to you. But it is, as I mentioned already on the show today, I'm excited about today it is the uh a new beginning isn't it
5: oh absolutely and you know it's um it's a cycle of rebirth and regrowth not just in terms of the environment or the landscape but i think within ourselves also we have to kind of think we're entering into a new cycle as well also so it's for ourselves personally to kind of look inwards and i suppose look at what the last cycle brought and look forward to kind of a regrowth and exploration for our own selves personally in this cycle of kind of rebirth as well. I mean, no doubt um, people have spoken about that term, imbalg means in the belly. So it it refers to kind of birthing or pregnancy, but not necessarily giving birth, but it's giving birth to new ideas, a new future, you know, um, moving forward into a different place. So I suppose it's um, if you can kind of look inwards at this time and bear that in mind it's a rebirthing of ourselves also you know moving forward to the next this cycle like this cycle of rebirth and spring and growth mm. that's what, the way I would see it too the, also you know.
2: yeah the ancient peoples and I don't have to remind you because you've studied yeah. it for years yeah. they went with the seasons they went you know yeah. when there was lots of light no light the in between times etc and and you know we, we are as human beings tied in with that clock intrinsically yeah.
5: Yeah. And I think that, um, I suppose, it's um, they were very astute people and tuned in people to nature more so than we will ever be probably today because um, survival depended upon it, if you like. They had to be aware of their environment. They had to be. It was an agricultural-based society, so if they didn't watch their environment, they wouldn't know when to plant or sow or reap, if you like, so they would starve. So they had no choice but to be tuned in and look around in their environment look at decay, look when things were growing, you know, animals birthing, animals dying. So I suppose it's just fascinating that, um, you know, at each point of the, say, eight Sabbaths in the Celtic calendar is what it's called. There was, I suppose, it was a cause for a party and a celebration mm. for each festival, so to speak. So, But it was agriculturally based. So it was very much about that would just kind of reflect the importance in early Irish society or ancient society for um, the celebrations to take place because yes. it was to do with light as well, also. Mm. Return of light and also um, sustenance and survival, you yeah. know, on, on the landscape too. So it's, it was extremely important. But involved today too is that very start of spring
2: yeah maybe Kira. I'm thinking as well that's where we get our reputation for loving the crack and the celebration in Ireland in <laughs> Ireland for, <laughs> you in know yeah, yeah. it's in our it's in our DNA yes. from our
5: ancestors there's no escape for that I think <laughs> um, you know any any excuse for a party yeah. perhaps we could look at it that way so, <laughs> I mean it would have been a nice time now I would I would kind of run off the Celtic calendar myself yes. So, but I mean I suppose you can understand how serious it was you know yeah. if you're alive. Life depended on it. Mm. So when every, you know, a celebration of the return of light or the equinoxes, you know, the solstices, you know, and then, the, you know, this was four cross quarters and four quarters divided into the eight Sabbaths. So I suppose it's, um, the, the year was punctuated by these celebrations. Yes. So it was very much rooted to survival mm. and as an agriculturally based people you know and light and sun and temperature been watching their surroundings so yes I suppose if you think about it in the larger frame of things it would be a cause or a massive celebration yeah. you know too so um, yeah it's kind of I think maybe we did maybe that's why we like parties or uh,
2: that's it that's that's what I'm just thinking as well as you say that the other thing is you know you yeah. talk about our survival and in a way look what we have today look at the comforts and the wealth and everything and how we've progressed with yeah. knowledge and technology and science yeah. and yet our survival is on the threat you know what I'm getting at you know Absolutely. for all we have yeah mm. yeah.
5: and I think that too is, is that um it's, you know, there's everything through the ages, you know, different threats will be brought into our environment, or surrounding, our different, I suppose, even in today's world, what the modern world, if you want to describe it that way, is a political war, so forth, what that brings with it. But I think in early Irish society or ancient society, is is that it's it, that it was, I and I, I am not negating, and obviously there's so many places in the world or even food source is, and water source is mm. an issue. But um, I think it just brings a new set of problems, so to speak, mm. or adds to that. Yeah. But I think we've lost our connection with nature, absolutely, and that's one of the problems, too, yeah. because we're you know, reliant on phones and technology and so forth. So we've lost a part of ourselves yes. in the past, that connection is what mm. I would feel, you know? You, you uh, are
2: giving a six-week course yeah. I see that starts at the end of every. I'll come on to that in a moment. And and yeah. you touch on these various subjects I've been talking to you about in, in the last few minutes. The yeah. one that they all fascinate me, but one in particular I wanted to mention it today. What about yeah. the other world? The other world. Oh
5: Kim? the most <laughs> it's mm. fascinating. Um you know, I suppose um the other world, it's not just root to ancient Ireland, but it's this notion of um there's no it could be just the other side, okay? Yeah. But there is very much in the literature it's written about, and it's called the other world. I suppose the most prime example most people will be aware of will be churn and Oak. Okay, that's one of the worlds, of mm. the other worlds. So there's, no, there's a kind of a set of rules around the other world. So um, there's no disease, there's no people, you know, people don't age. It's when you enter into the other world, time can stand still or when people come out of it, they may have elapsed hundreds of years. Um, it's also, it is very much the, the she or the fairies are very much associated with the other world also, and it's thought that um, <clears throat> the primary location is under Mounds and actually Brunaboyne or Newgrange, that um, the two that were are sent to the other world underneath uh, Brunaboynia. So there's many different things associated with it, but it's and there's many different lands in um, the other world, but there's kind of a set of rules that it's it's a world of kind of ambiguity and riddles and a topsy turvy world, I suppose. Alice through the looking glass sort of a world is what <clears throat> what it's kind of um, mm. like. So it's it's a very fascinating place, place when you enter it. There's a lot of tales that are written that include trips to the other world. Um, bizarre creatures. In fact I'm writing a children's book at the moment <laughs> um, on so on and I'm actually writing my portal Otherworld Adventure at the moment at, at the moment. So there's can be a mixture you can meet anybody, you know, yes. dog heads, cat heads, all this sort of bizarre stuff I mm. suppose uh, in it. But there is it's a timeless kind of um Anything is possible, I suppose.
2: Yeah, and is it is world. it you know when you talk about yeah you know, we you talk about Bridget there the the pagan pre-Christian and and then Christian is it tied in or you know has Christianity you know built upon that other world thing?
5: Um. Well, I suppose it's. Um, I suppose in particular in Ireland, I suppose sometimes you might. Um, It's kind of a liminal space. So maybe that's another way of describing it. It's the fixed and between. Okay. Yeah. So, and I suppose, you know, I mean, I suppose there's two, (laughs) you could, like, a purgatory definition is probably the wrong one to take. It's an in-between space, but purgatory is probably the wrong way to describe it. But I suppose it's, um, you know, when we talk about people that have passed on. Yes, it's
2: not heaven. It's not heaven, it's not hell.
5: Yeah, it's the kind of well, the other world is a liminal space, but it's not. Sorry, I will just just correct myself there. It's not a purgatory. It's a very different world. Yes. Um. Um. So it's we would talk about maybe um, people have they're on their way or they've passed on their journey to you know the other yes. side. The mm. other side, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. Is, is yeah. Like, Maybe in terms of that would be
2: the umbrella term that this comes under and lots of other beliefs on that as well yeah I, I see I, I yeah. see I see what you're getting at yeah. so yeah. um the, the course you're giving begins the 22nd of February and runs until the 29th of March it's happening in the Atboy convent community yeah. center and if yeah. people want to book because you cover as I mentioned some of the areas I've covered today as well as the ancient Oum alphabet uh, the yeah. sacred sites <laughs> and ar- archaeology God this is going to be a busy six yeah. uh, classes I have to say if people want to find Find out more a book on how.
5: Um, well, they just need to call me. Okay. <laughs> um, my phone number is um, I you know I think that you've have the phone number there. Yeah, but I, I have. I can, yeah. Um, but I suppose just to maybe state with this is a very general course, it's yes. an introductory course. Um, and I, you know the titles that I have on these. They're loose but it's open to expansion. Yes. But also I will duplicate this course as well also, but I'm looking to depending on interest, I can expand out each area in separate courses if people so wish I yes. do that too. Yeah. So I suppose I'm looking to further down um you know, I'm looking to kinda of rerun this and do this again, whatever the interest is is no problem. Mm. But it's there the twenty um the twenty second of February, so it's just six weeks. So it's just a nice little introduction to different areas and that's making that connection and I suppose connected yes. into our origins, our identity a little bit, um, stuff like that. it's not I suppose to the state is, is that...
0: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
6: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation.
5: Identity is quite a strong word as well, you know, too. um, But that it's not just about kind of, you don't have to be Irish. It's not an Irish identity, but it's a identity, I Mm. suppose, is the thing to explore little aspects of that.
2: Very good, very good. So Celtic Connections to the Past, a journey into Irish identity starting the 22nd of February. And we have Kira's number here. Do you want me to give it out? It's up to you. Yeah, 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 Dr. Kira's number is oh eight six eight six two. 8959 That's oh eight six eight six two eight nine five nine. And if you check it out, there's lots about it online across Facebook and the various social media. Celtic. Celtic, Celtic sorry, I should I say it again. Celtic, Celtic connections. <laughs> no, football. <laughs> no football. Celtic connections to a past, a journey into Irish identity. Thank you for joining me on Imbolog and good luck to you.
5: Okay, go okay. my good Okay, Fine.
2: Go remind. Good question. <laughs> that's uh, Dr. Kieran Cravagon there. <laughs> Natalie, Bridget, and Brulier with turn on your late lunch this afternoon. What are you laughing at?
1: <laughs> did you just make that up, or did you actually look it up? <laughs>
2: I just made it up. <laughs> 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 Uh, <laughs> We're torn about Bridget, you see. Uh, that's the thing about it on late lunch this afternoon. God, it's an afternoon of retirements, Louise. Ozzy Osbourne is not touring anymore. I didn't, thought he wasn't touring for years, mm, I see. <laughs> and uh, Tom, uh, Tom Brady, the uh, quarterback, most famous in American football. He's won seven Super Bowls, is quitting. He quit last year and came back. He should have stayed quit, with oh, he Oh,
1: one of
2: them you know ones. I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he came back, and that was a oh, bit you're of a back. nonsense. And uh, the CC, 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 C, 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 yeah. C. Club hours. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I'm talking about? The C, 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 C. Of the GAA. <laughs> I've ordered a replay Oh listen You couldn't write this I'm not joking you It's just Turning a comedy Into a farce So it is <laughs> Boy, I say it again Poor Marty Marty Morrissey He's C-C-C-C-C-C CC, CC, To death On the news <laughs> Every night Because I don't think He knows what's going on Anyway The game Look there was a mistake made They got the cup The one it Go home everybody Go home Take the football witches And the cup Go home in the name of God
1: 16 men on the pitch
2: ah look it, listen those errors rules made rules rules those errors made in soccer every day of the week as well and it costs millions and, you know you have to just suck it up and, and get on with it or whatever but I'm afraid Glenn you know the replay I don't think it's going to happen and kill could of the cup <laughs> let's keep it <laughs> let them keep the cop, will you for God's sake what's going on which is all the time there'll
1: talk. be a men. Oh please.
2: yeah, it's called but, the cup w- w- but you couldn't write it the CC what, what does it stand for? The Central Competitions Control Committee. Oh, there you are. Right. I got it right. <laughs> Even the four Cs. That's what it does. But uh, and then, so <laughs> yeah. but the appeals process is just fantastic. It's it's, it's it could be made all right. I'd say it'll knock the ratings for Fair City. <laughs> it could run that long <laughs> it'll to be rival with the you. field. It will. Mm-hmm. It
8: will. <laughs> <laughs> the pitch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, we don't make to make mean to make laugh, but you just have to laugh. You might as well laugh as cry. Yes, it's pre-Covid since I met my next guest on the show And he really made an impression when he was here When I tell you that Kyle Riley is a singer-songwriter of children's music He's toured Ireland, he's put on concerts everywhere And he's so well known for giving classes under the name Little Folk Music for young children Good to see you again oh, It's great to see you man, it's been too long, it's been too long <laughs> It has, but it's been tough And in your game, I, I take it you've seen this with children
7: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the not only did COVID affect all of us in different ways, particularly with children um, and children that were born during COVID haven't had the exposure. To other children their own age other adults and in these early social settings which are so important to communication and socialization um, so yeah it, it, to go from pre-COVID through the pandemic and still navigating our way out and meeting new children every week that that will have um, communication issues or socialization issues that it just takes a few weeks of nurturing and getting them into the flow of you know it's easy with music mm-hmm. music is such a gateway for us for children um, it gets them moving it gets them thinking about other things and yeah it's a, it's a really special thing to be able to work with children.
2: You worked through it like ourselves, no doubt, with technology and you did the Zoom thing and that but god almighty it it, it it was great and it, it kept us going but there is there anything
7: to replace you know no the rea- the, rea- the the in thing. the presence absolutely it's why it's why like as an actor i preferred theater as a musician i love my concerts and my classes because you're feeling the audience there you're with the audience you're with these uh, people in the flesh and you're getting energy from them and they're giving you energy and it's 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 fantastic um yeah the 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 3 days a week of online videos kept me sane mm. you know mm. uh, just about but but yeah nothing like the real thing. and and being out there and being able to move and and get people going
2: come back again and remind our listeners who you are and where this whole little folk music has come from
7: you know, well, it, it all came from my kids and I have to give them the credit or the blame. Anyway, you look at it. Uh, credit. Uh, <laughs> i give them credit. Owen and Ashley, great inspirations for this. Mm. And, and it's what led me from being an actor into children's music uh, and writing my own music and then starting these classes and we moved home to Ireland uh, in Kells in Old Castle and then up in Cavan and in Westmeath as well. Um, really, it's about getting children moving and and getting them communicating and singing in, in a way that doesn't put too many restraints on it gets you know i have a program i know what i want to see mm. happen i have a flow that needs to be followed but for the kids it should be kind of looks like it's free and easy so that they just join in as they want to join in i don't care if they're jumping or stomping or sitting or whatever right they're going to take it in in their own way and i just go with that and i've really, been fortunate to be able to grow it in our county and watch those classes in Oldcastle Castle and, and Kells grow as well um, and, and building new audience and meeting families and I, you know I've got some families that are on their third, fourth children I, I, I now with the seven, eight years however long I've been doing this I have like I feel like a half a generation you know yes, yes, <laughs> yes. and they become my family you know the, 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 the mammies and daddies that I know now some of them are very dear friends of mine so mm. it's, it's, a, it's a lucky day You thing. start them really young Yeah I mean like four or five months absolutely it's never too early I mean, like, you know, music in the womb, right? And if, if you play music for your child in the womb, it's incredible. And you, as soon as they're out, it's really the communication between the parent and the child. And when they're four months to, say, six or nine months, all I'm doing in that classroom is informing the parent on what the child might like to hear. And then if they go home and sing those, you know, and even if you can't sing, it's not about being a good singer. Singing to your child Speak, singing, talking—that them hearing your voice and finding comfort and support there—that mm. will cause them to to engage, and then they'll figure out what they like, and they'll tell you if they don't like you singing, and then they'll want to hear something else. You know, they're brutally honest. <laughs> you know, you've touched on something there that I've often heard people saying: they haven't a note in their head. No, that's that is irrelevant it, in this whole thing, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Look. We all have a voice and you don't need to be a professional singer to have an impact on your child. And and singing to them is one of the most important ways to communicate. Nobody's going to judge you. And no, I don't care whether you think you have a good voice or not. Yeah. Sing to your child. It's the most important thing you can do.
2: And let them do what they want. On the yeah. other hand, it doesn't matter if it doesn't sound anything at all. Yeah. Let them express themselves. Absolutely. That's what I'm no Absolutely. matter what that
7: is. Communication is communication. Mm. And there's no wrong communication. You know, it's just like we talk about children acting out and playing up. Generally, they want attention. Once we figure out what they want or, if you know, we try to focus on what they want or listening to them it becomes a lot easier and the same thing with music we just mm. got to give them a chance to express themselves mm. and also us as parents not be afraid to express ourselves to our children mm.
2: Will you express yourself to <laughs> us please Kyle do. Riley do. you have the guitar set up in there give us a flavour give our listeners a flavour for you know what are you going to do now what are you going to play
7: I'm going to play a song called I'm going to be I wrote it when my, my son was very you know three years old he, he was he was chatting up chatting up a storm and I stole some of his words to make a song but we used to play these games everybody plays games with their kids But like I'd be a part pirate or he'd be an astronaut or we had one game where I was the tow truck driver and I had to rescue him over and over again seemed like for an hour just over and over again that's what came this song came from so and it's called I'm gonna be there you go away you be I think I'm gonna be a pirate today get in my pirate ship and sail away across the seven seas you wanna Come with me No, I'd rather be an astronaut Get in my rocket ship and then blast off way up to the moon But I'll, I'll be back soon There's so many things that we can be You'd be a tow truck driver, you could rescue me Maybe I could be a fireman, I'll put out that fire As fast as I can I think I'll be a knight and ride on my horse I'll save the day and rescue you, of course, cause that's what knights do They're brave and other stuff too No, I'll be a bear and live in the woods Chasing dinosaurs with hot dog swords and have a pumpkin to eat With my giant hairy feet There's so many things that we can be You'd be a tow truck driver, you could rescue me Maybe I could be a fireman, I'll put out that fire As fast as I can There's so many things that we can be You know it doesn't matter when you play with me Maybe I could be you, maybe you could be me too Be me too Wow.
2: What have I been missing? (laughs) I only realise now. You're just something else. You're marvellous, I have to say. And the child in me (laughs) is just... Look at this fella you're looking at here. Look at the child in me, alive again. Oh, that's so beautiful. It really, really is. And I can only understand how that makes the connection with children. It really does. And, you know, I was thinking there as you were playing, I have four grandchildren at this age, from seven down to the little one, uh, Olivia, who will be one soon. And I was just reflecting on words you said before you started playing there. By God, even the littlest one, you see her when music comes on. And her doing all the shapes. Little Harry, you know, you have Ava, the oldest one, and Pippa. They're, they're all into their mm. music, you know, and they love it.
7: Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? It's well, a really magical the, thing. Yeah. It's a really magical thing. And again, we don't need to be precious about it. I used to be like, oh, I, I don't like this style of music, don't like that style of music. You know what? There's a place for it. You know, I, I I've, I'm making a living doing Wheels on the Bus. And sometimes... When I, I can, I've sung it thousands and thousands and thousands of times. But at the end of the day, a song like that is so important because the, the motor skills that are being taught, the repetition, the confidence it gives, as an adult, it's not, it doesn't matter what I think about the song. It's what it can provide the child. And, mm-hmm. and then that, that's, you know, wheels in the bus. They they might like the clash. They might like Garth Brooks. It doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> if they get down to something, let them get down to it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah,
2: <laughs> and, and you know that wheels in the bus you just mentioned, they all go through that. But the repetition, the familiarity
7: with it, that is a key, isn't it, mm-hmm. in
2: in in their learning as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, in
7: motor skills and in confidence. Yes. It's in being able to re- repeat back things and sing along. It's all confidence building. Mm-hmm. Confidence, understanding, you know, creates opportunity, and, yes. and that's that's what it does. It's funny.
2: Ava's the oldest of the four, seven. George Ezra.
7: Ah, very good. <laughs> I mean, it's pop, like when I do I do shotgun in class. Like the kids love it absolutely. I mean, I I try to bring in pop songs that I know. You know, the, you know things will like, or that they'll like. Certainly, that like. I mean. Uh, I I I like Elvis Costello, but that doesn't land as well as George Ezra does, <laughs> 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 or Dermot Kennedy, or you know, yes. or, or songs from Disney shows yes. and things like that. Yes. yeah, you know. But
2: it's amazing the capacity to pick up and their radar. All of a sudden, you know, as they you see this, yeah. it, it goes
7: very far out there, and they 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 mop up, you know, so yeah. much. Oh my! I mean, my son now he's he's twelve, and like he'll mention something I'm like, "Where did you even?" pick that up, mm. you know, or like, where is this on the scope of things, how to come in? Yeah, they, they do. And they become attuned to things and they hear things and they hear things when they're out and about and they hear, I mean, the beautiful thing of pop music is that it, it's supposed to be catchy. It's supposed to get stuck in our heads. It's supposed yeah. to be an earworm. And um, yeah, and they, they pick up on those things quite, quite mm. easily.
2: Kyle, what would this world be like without music and song? I, I shudder to I think know, of how dreary it would be and, yeah. and, and how important it is to all of us from a young age and, and right through. About you, so so explain. Are you going on tour? What about your classes? Tell yep. the listeners. So
7: so the, the the Monday through Friday, I'm running classes. I'm in Oldcastle, Kells, Mullingar, and Cavan, yeah. and you can find that through Little Folk Music for Un- Children, music for young children, on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram it's Kyle James Riley. Um, so those classes run. You can book in. Shoot me a message. Find me. Or I'll, you, Google Kyle Riley Little Folk, you'll get to me. Um, and then I just kicked off my tour last weekend in Roscommon um, to a sell-out show at the Arts Centre there. I'm in Sligo on Sunday. I'm in Glore down in Ennis the week after that. But the, the most important thing for us is I'm coming back to the solstice after three years? Three, yes, four years? At yeah, least. at least. At least, least, at least to four, three to yeah. yeah. On the 4th um, of March. The 4th of March. And there's only 50-odd seats left. Now, folks,
2: <laughs> this man is really popular. I was talking about George Ezra there. This man in his own right. And he's not joking. So the solstice is the 4th of March and you have to contact the solstice yes, directly. through their box and office. And as he said, the su- seats are filling fast. But I have to say to you, go along, go along, bring mm. your children. Make sure you just experience what this man is because he's just unbelievable. It's... it's uh, you're a fantastic story, aren't you? From, oh,
7: thanks very much. Yeah,
2: you know, you really are. And by the way, it's K-Y-L-E, Kyle, R-I-L-E-Y. Yeah, because I'm a
7: transplant. Yeah, Kyle That's right. the yank. It's, it's the Yank. It's the <laughs> other Riley. <laughs>
2: Kyle, R-I-L-E-Y. And it's little folk music for young children. And he is, of course, across social media. And you'll see Reese Turing and his classes are happening here in the northeast and just outside the region as well. The songs themselves, you get your ideas from children. you you, you put them all together the whole thing yeah yeah yeah. so
7: I've I've done lots of recording in Old Castle I've done recording in Longford with uh, the Cronins with Mick Cronin and it's all I write about the experiences tend to be the experiences I have of my own children Um, so a lot of Covid a lot of the songs I wrote during Covid and that album that came out then had to do a lot about finding power and strength within yourself right and that's a battle I think we all went through but it's a battle that I watched my children go through so I I was trying to express what I saw them and the power of the imagination and the fact that even at at that point, seven, eight, nine years old, that there's there's power and strength within you to persevere through difficult situations, you know, and and. You know, I don't write as many one, two, three songs as I used to, because I've got a nine and a 12 year old. (laughs) (laughs) You have to move. (laughs) But, but, I mean, taking inspiration from them, I'm I'm inspired all the time to write songs about how powerful children can be and the strength and resilience within them. And just to remind them, you know, the difference between right and wrong and that within them is the power to to be the best Mm. person they can be. You know. And when
2: they go and see you, they see you playing, so it may prompt something with a child to take up a musical instrument. Yeah. They move, they dance, you know, there's dance there as well, they sing, so there's so much yeah. and so much. I'll call tell you this. what,
7: I'm fairly certain that Santa Claus puts a pretty big dent in the <laughs> ukulele market every Christmas in, in Mead and Westmead and Cavan. I've been told anyway that a lot of ukuleles appear under Christmas trees at that time.
2: <laughs> and uh, it's been the introduction for so many, that yeah. little instrument, to so much as well. Look, will you play another one for us before we say
7: good luck to you today Absolutely. what are you going to do for me you know Tell i'll do us. um i'll do a song i wrote particularly this is off the last album the, the, the covid album as it were and it's called bravery and it's about what 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 it can mean to be brave that it's not about being big and strong but it's about um helping other people more than anything else and and helping those who are disadvantaged and might have had their uh, people turn their backs towards them so that's that's what this is about uh, more than anything else i think
2: let's hear it it's <laughs> Kyle Riley
7: and bravery mm. Our heroes are great, but they still make mistakes Our heroes are people too Be big and be strong, but the day's gonna come When being humble's the best thing to do Cause it takes bravery to say I'm sorry It takes courage to say I was wrong Being brave's not about how loud you can shout It's about knowing right from wrong Reaching out to someone in their hour of need Reaching out when others turn away Lifting someone up that others put down Could be the bravest thing you do today Cause it takes bravery to say I am sorry It takes courage to say I was wrong Being brave's not about how loud you can shout It's about knowing right from wrong Maybe no one's gonna thank you Maybe no one's gonna see Maybe no one's gonna pat you on the back No one said it's gonna be easy Cause even heroes get scared, get sad, and get down Even heroes get lonely too Even heroes need someone to pick them up Saying that you need help is being brave too Cause it takes bravery to say I'm sorry It takes courage to say I was wrong Being brave's not about how loud you can shout It's about knowing right from wrong my oh
2: my, I can only give you one round of applause here on my own. Absolutely brilliant. Lovely, lovely song, and on the money again. So just reminding you, Kyle, Reilly, K-Y-L-E Riley, K-Y-L-E, R I L E Y, check him out. Little folk music for young children. And if you want to see the man performing and in a brilliant concert, it's the Solstice in Navin on the 4th of March. Tickets moving fast. Wish you well with the classes, all you do. You're doing something wonderfully special for so many. Oh, thanks. Thank you for joining us. Joining me Thank again you for on the show today. Amazing. It's lovely to see you. Take care, Kyle. Bye bye. Wet, wet, wet. Sweet little mystery on your late lunch. Isn't it great, Louise, to be looking forward to the bank holiday on Monday? In brand new bank holiday. You know, we would have been waiting till Saint Patrick's Day. Yeah, from, too long. It's a long mm. stretch. And this is in for good now, this bank holiday. So an early bank holiday on next Monday. I have a little bit of a dilemma in the kitchen. Oh. Um what to cook for the bank holiday? Um, I'll be doing a roll. Get a takeaway. I'll be doing
1: what? Get a takeaway. Uh, t- Why do you cook something <laughs> different for bank holidays, like?
2: Oh uh, yeah, you generally like do go push the boat out. You know, you do the yeah. big roast on Sunday, and you make sure you have a little bit left over for the Monday. So do here's you? yeah, every bank holiday, always. Why come to your
1: house. <laughs>
2: yes, I will adopt you officially. We'll put in the papers. How <laughs> I do
1: Christmas, it. and that's about it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you find what's in the fridge after
2: that. <laughs> well, you see, I have a turkey in the freezer. I bought two at Christmas, two of the lovely Termin feckin' delicious. So I have one. Mm. Now, I generally keep it probably for the Patrick's Day, but you see my dilemma now with the New oh, Bank yeah, holiday. Yeah. Should I take the turkey out?
1: Yeah, have lamb for. Is it still too early for lamb on St. Patrick's Day oh,
2: then? Oh, very early. Very um, early. Poor. Very even. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, or beef, or roast rib of beef. You can't beat roast rib of beef. Oh, why the
1: don't you surprise everybody and just do beans and toast? <laughs> <laughs> You'd be talked you know about what? for ages wouldn't in the family. That, wouldn't that wouldn't be great? It reminds <laughs> me you? it
2: reminds me of one day I was out fishing on Loch Mask with Sean Keenan and Martin Ryan a good few years ago. And I was in charge of the grub, right? <laughs>
6: I was in a boat on my own and hear this.
2: I was in a boat on my own. No, it wasn't my form to do this. They were out as a pair in another boat and I said a look after dinner. So I saw them coming molting around and they got off and they took the coats off and everything. And guess what I had? super noodles <laughs> <laughs> they never let me forget it I had about six packets of super noodles in a pot you know I made a good yeah. pot of noodles yeah. now well I'll tell you what's Talk wrong with ab- super
1: noodles what oh, were they expecting
2: I beg your pardon they were a f- expecting a full lunch the pan out and chops fried on the pan and no potatoes way. and all that yeah I went super noodles <laughs> The chicken so, flavoured Curry uh, flavoured Curry sipper Yes, <laughs> curry flavoured Love them But anyway It made no difference I'm still slagged about it uh, Your idea would be great well, Imagine them arriving in And me with yeah. beans and toast yeah. But what do you think Should I take the turkey out Or hold the turkey To Paddy's Day Or you know It's a, I, I, I'm, I'm torn really Do you
1: normally do turkey For Paddy's Day? Normally no. use
2: that second turkey Yeah, around right, Well then. keep
1: it And get something different it's, it's a new bank holiday Do something new
2: very catholic taste they'll either have roast chicken and ham that's combined the turkey roast rib of beef really salmon
1: or something no not do fish oh
2: yeah you could do fish that'd be handy that'd make life handy altogether but it might appeal to everybody in the audience whereas when I do the other things they do
1: as Uh, my mother-in-law would say when when all the kids go up she says there's two things on the menu today." Take it or leave it.
2: <laughs> I love that. I love it. That's, that's it. a brilliant saying. <laughs> I never heard
1: that before. Say repeat that. I want to hear Take it. Take it or leave it. Those are the two choices on the menu today. I love that. Oh so yeah, either eat what you're given or that's it. That's
2: it. and that's the way it was now. Yeah. but you see I'm I'm worse myself. Yeah, you spoil I often do two or three <laughs> different things just to keep everybody happy.
1: I do, but they're generally sandwiches. <laughs>
2: Actually, I'd have to take the turkey out today If I'm going to use them No, don't,
1: don't Just leave that Because it'll take days from the frost. If you do that traditionally Leave
2: that for St Patrick's Day I'll get the rib of beef I'll get the roast rib of beef Eddie and the boys will choose to look after me There with a nice roast rib Five Four Three Two One Counting down The top five songs from this week of yesteryear And today it's The number three From this day in 1986, yes, February 1986, and it's taken from her debut studio album and the final single. She had five hit singles on this from this album, and this was the fifth. When I tell you that this song was released originally in June of 84, but it only made it to number 56 on the UK charts. But for some reason, they re-released it on the 1st of January 1986, And on this day, it was number three. Its highest position was number two. It didn't make the number one spot. Here it is, your number three from this week in 86 in the UK. It's Madonna and Borderline. Madonna and our number three today in our top five countdown. Thanks for your comments. Jerry. behave yourself. You're only excited about the high chair because you'll be sitting in one tonight from Eilish. Tina and Caroline, you're right. I will be in the chair tonight for sure to enjoy a couple. There are only four canonised saints, says PJ. Oliver Plunkett, Lawrence O'Toole, Charles of Mount Argus and Malachi. The others are all, are all only proclaimed by their local churches. I love St. Bridget, says another listener, have my candles lighting, loved her faith, and put my cloth out last night because tradition says the saint herself blesses it as she goes by. Thanks indeed for your comments to the show this afternoon. Short break, and we're back to St. Bridget. Dolores, we've moved down the uh, shrine to Bridget here in fart and we come to these stones. Which one are we looking at here?
6: We're, we're looking at the headstone and that is where people would come and pray. They would put their head into that space there uh, and pray for healing of ailments for the head but I always do it on all levels not just physical because headaches are usually from some kind of um I call it stinky thinking and so I call this my stinky thinking stone Is how I come to heal that but that's what for the head. This stone is for healing of the knees and you know you often see people they'll come in there's two um indents and you can actually put your knees into them and if there's water in there I just keep them a little bit up from getting my knees wet. But it is actually wonderful because this is where we heal I always say the knees on on, a, on an emotional level, what's stopping me going for it, moving on. Yeah. So in here, I would definitely find great healing. When I get stuck, and we all get stuck, you know, yeah. in where we think we need to be.
2: So Roisin, who introduced me to the stones a little earlier on in conversation, this is another of these stones here, which is this one?
9: So Jerry, this is the hoof stone. So in the legend I was telling you about earlier when Bridget was trying to escape from the king who wanted to marry her, of course, he was on a horse. And they came down here to the stream and the horse put his hoof onto this stone and you can clearly see the mark of a hoof yes. on the stone yeah. as if it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, so it, this is we don't really know the purpose of these stones, but we know there's something amazing, meaningful and magical about them they tie into these different stories about Bridget. So we, we think they're very ancient stones, but they obviously have a meaning for people, a very significant meaning, because people still come and they still go around and pray at the stones and kneel in the kneel stone and lie on the back stone and use the eye stone um, for their eyes. Uh, so they're, I think they're really something unique in Ireland. I don't know anywhere else that has this kind of level of stones connected in to Bridget in this way.
2: Mm. And and besides the stones, we look over here, people come and leave medals and trinkets and all such matters and things. They
9: do. And um, yeah, it's actually amazing because what we have here, we have a, a really beautifully planted area along by the stream. And people have left, it's like little offerings. So people have left little medals, little statues, flowers. They're obviously leaving them there and praying and they mean something to the person. It's very interesting because that practice is actually very old. That's way before Christianity. People did that. So they came to holy places. They felt there was something holy about this place. They felt there was some kind of an energy here. And they came and they prayed to someone who was here in maybe in the land. It might have been a goddess or a god or someone, a spirit. They associated with this really holy place of energy. And they left something for that spirit. To say please help me i'm here and i'm asking for your help and i'm leaving this for you to remind you of my prayer and now thousands of years later we're still doing that which i think is absolutely amazing and i think you know when our friends um stephanie mentioned earlier barbara and katarina are coming to the festival and they've done a lot of research on bridget sites around europe but the thing is they don't have these places that we have And when they come here, and I've brought friends here from Germany as well that I had, they're really kind of amazed that they still exist and that they haven't been demolished. Do you know, it's so authentic. And they're amazed at that authenticity, that it's still the same. This little stream is still the same. And maybe someone came here 2,000 years ago, and here we are again coming
6: here. I've done pilgrimages for many, many years and we talk about the animite loci and that's the place of soul or the soul of a place. And when you come to a place like Fohart, that has a very big energy, a soul energy. So when you come here, there's a um, an exchange between your energy and the energy of the place. And so There's a mutuality there. And so when people come here, they imbibe some of the energy of the place and the place imbibes some of their energy. So you've got this uh, coming together of people and land, and that's really important. Mm. But the important thing here is that the healing happens because of the energy that's already here. But as more people come and pray here, the energy of the place increases and increases. What is this stone? Well, it's called the stone, but my intuition is that it's more to do with birthing. And Bridget is hugely associated with birthing. And springtime, her festival, is to do with the birthing of lambs, of new life and whatever. So I would often sit here, put my legs around it and make a prayer to help me with what I'm trying to give birth to. Whether it's a new idea, a, a, an article I'm writing or a pilgrimage I'm leading. And I find it really a lovely place yeah, to do that.
2: It's a very unusual
6: shape, isn't it, too? Well, the shape of it is, um, there, there's loads of these stones all over Scotland, and I cannot remember the actual name, mm. but there's a it's a particular kind of stone. and um, But I, I definitely feel it as a birthing stone, mm. you know. And when you put your, if you want to sit down and have a little try, do you want to?
3: It's a perfect fit, isn't it, Stephanie, as you're oh, yeah. sitting it there, isn't it? Yes, it feels very snug. <laughs> yeah, it does. It no, does. It's, a, it's a fabulous stone uh, mm. to sit on. It, it just curves into your body beautifully, you mm. know, and you feel very secure on it. Yes. And again, these stones, they're bringing you down to earth. They're yes. earthing you, you mm. know, you're going into a different energy. Yes. Yeah, on many levels they work, yes. you know, many, many levels.
2: When you think sitting on it there, all of the people who've done just what you're doing there now, exactly. who've sat yeah. on that stone and...
3: And birthed things in many ways, mm. you know, on many levels, in our in our own lives, in our community's lives, and in our country's lives, you yes, know. Yes, so, yes. as Dolores and we've said before, it, it works on many dimensions and mm. many levels. Mm. Uh, and it's whatever you come to it at, it yeah. meets you. Yes. It meets you there, yes. where you are. Yeah. yeah. So exactly. important to so say. So important, yeah. Thank you for
2: modelling for us on the stone today. Roisin, come over. Look at the size of this stone. This is another of yours.
9: Yeah, well, this one is the eye stone. And this is the eye stone. Yes. But, but people, because this is where, when Bridget plucked out her eye, her eye fell onto this stone. And it created this little indent in the stone. And it's always nearly full of rainwater. And if, Jerry, if you have a problem with your eyes... Um, well, as Laura said, it's on two levels. So physical, you just, you're just you going to take some of the water and you're going to rub it across your eyes. But it's also to do with vision and seeing things clearly. Um, so people come and they take the water from that eye stone. But they also lie on this stone because, as you said, it's huge. And it's, people call it the backstone. Mm. So you can lie on this part of it Now it's a bit wet today I don't think we'll lie down But um, but when you lie on it I don't know if it's ergonomic or what it feels But it just feels so comfortable And so relaxing The stone just holds you Mm. And it's another one of these amazing Fabulous stones that we have down here at the stream And there's so many meanings Attached to them all And then I suppose you can put your own meaning onto them as well That's another thing When we're talking about the body,
6: the back of the body is often seen as that which we are not conscious of. So when I lie on this stone, I often ask to be shown what is unconsciously blocking me, you know, and how can I heal those unconscious things that I'm not aware of? Because we're looking this way, but actually a lot of stuff is going on behind us. This final stone. This is one of the great qualities of Bridget. Bridget, Always had the ability to hold both sides of an argument, both sides of a situation, and let the truth flow flow through. So when you have one foot on either side of the stream, and you you just, it just, everything that just flows.
2: Isn't that what the world needs today? Just what you've mentioned there now. That there are always two sides and each side must listen to the other and then let whatever flow from that. Today we are polarised.
6: Absolutely. And I think that's why, and you see the interesting thing is Bridget holds the feminine energy, the masculine energy always wants to divide. This is right and this is not right. The feminine energy pulls things together and it says it's this and it's this. It's both and. And we need a lot more of the both-and to balance the either-or energy.
2: So on St. Bridget's Day on late lunch on LMFM Radio, it is just fantastic to reflect on what is here in Fohart. And I want to say a big thank you to Roisin, Stephanie and Dolores who joined me on this special day. And I want you to round off our conversation about the stones at the Shrine today with some words for the listeners.
6: I would say, in order to really understand Bridget, you need to drop down from your head into your heart. You need to come to places like Fahard and to just be in the energy field. You said it yourself when we were up with the trees. It is so beautifully calm and and, and and you just drop down into that place and then you just ask Bridget, Bridget, to wrap her mantle of protection around you and all your people and all of the world, because we are in a very, very tricky transition at the moment. We ask that Bridget will bless each one of us who hear this programme today, bless our minds, they will bless our vision, they will bless our hearts, they will bless our bodies and they will bless everybody that we meet today.
2: Yes, lovely words there from Dolores Whelan. And again, thank you to Stephanie, Roisin and Dolores. I had a lovely time down at the Foghurt Shrine when I met them there. And it is a really, really special place indeed. Anyway, that's a lot on Late Lunch for this midweek Wednesday afternoon. Enjoy the Feast of St. Bridget, whatever that means to you listening today. And of course, we have that Bank Holiday Monday to look forward to the coming Monday, the brand new Bank Holiday that we're going to have every year to celebrate going forward tomorrow on late launch we're joined by an entrepreneurial man called barry winkless and uh, we'll have more for you besides we, we, do you dye your hair we could be talking a little bit about dyeing hair on the show yes we will be tomorrow afternoon for sure but we we'll tell you more about that and on eddie caffrey's coming next with the drive here on lmfm radio wonderful music and more besides stay with us and we'll be back with your late lunch tomorrow, Thursday, from 1.30. We'll see you then.
0: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig.